All right, Bros Beard Sports, episode number four coming at you. I'm Mills. I'm Cole. Together we're the Beards Bros. We have with us an honorary beard brother, special guest Nick Heidinger. Hello, folks. Wave to the crowd. Say hello to the audience. <laughs> Hi, Mom. All right, so we have a little bit of a shorter one this week. We'll, well, we'll see. We like to rant. We'll see what happens. Kicking it off, we're going to start MLB offseason. Um, big thing I want to talk about, Cole, I want to get you going here a little bit. Bryce Harper, the latest odds for teams landing him have been released. Your San Francisco Giants have the best odds right now, according to Bleacher Report. I know there's there's been a lot of rumors. There's been a lot of a lot of smoke, and where there's smoke, there's usually some fire. Um, you know, I'm kind of conflicted on this. I I will give Bryce Harper is a good he is a good player. Uh, I do not think he's worth 400 million dollars. No. If the Giants give him 400 million dollars, I'm gonna be very upset because there is there is no way he is worth it. There are so many other players I would rather them go out and try to get than tie up 10 years worth of money to yeah. Bryce Harper. I'm sorry, but I. Oh, if they, if they, I, I, I want them to get better because I want them to win another World Series. But I mean, Bumgarner's coming up as a free agent too, so you're gonna have to pay him, and he deserves it. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I don't want them tying up that much money in Bryce Harper. Yeah. Just to quickly explain the top five teams here, we got the Giants, the Padres at number two, mm-hmm. Phillies at number three, Dodgers number four, and then his Nationals at number five. The one that yeah. surprised me the most was the Padres. I know the Padres are a weird one, but the Padres have had a lot of rumors with both him and Machado. They've apparently yeah, both had meetings. I, I don't know why. Honestly, the Padres, I forget the Padres exist sometimes. Then there, there's the Phillies. I picked them in my quick hits. I still think that they're the team that's going to land them, if I'm being honest. But, I mean, yeah. hey, if the Giants want to commit $400 million to Bryce Harper, oh, that's please fine. No. I'll gladly watch Mad Bum hit the open market. <laughs> no, 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 that would make me cry. Yeah, especially if you went to the uh, dreaded team in LA. Oh yeah, your that your would, Dodgers got that love would them. that would pain me too much. Yeah, and then other big top free agent Manny Machado. Latest rumors, also from Bleacher Report, is that my Chicago White Sox have the best odds of landing him right now. Bet you're happy about that. Oh, absolutely. I would take Machado any day. If he signs, I'm buying a jersey. I don't care if it's on a one-year deal. I'm buying a Manny Machado Jeez. jersey. Because you know he's getting traded as soon as you buy that jersey. Ah, well, yeah, you know what? I'll, to happen. I'll, I have a Ken Griffey Jr. White Sox jersey. You think I care? <laughs> <laughs> but that'll move me to my next point here. I want to talk which of the two is more valuable. Nick, this is where I think you'll definitely chime in a little bit more. Um I personally say Machado. I just want to read his stat line for 2018. 297 batting average, 367 on base percentage, 538 slugging percentage, 37 home runs, 107 RBIs. Harper, on the other hand, was 249, 393, 496, 34 home runs, 100 RBIs. Right there, stat line, I, put, I say Machado's more valuable. I also think he plays a more valuable position. I think he is a bigger difference maker on a on a lineup than Harper personally. Only when he wants to be though. Got to remember that. Yeah, well, I think that I think you can question the attitude of both of them honestly, but we'll we'll see Nick, what Nick has Nick, to say. Nick, what, what's your opinion? <laughs> uh, I don't like I don't really like either of these players. I think both of them kind of rest too much on the skills they had in coming out of like high school and into the draft. So mm-hmm. I don't really like either of them. You look at Machado in the playoffs last year. You don't yeah. want a guy like that jogging to first base, especially when know. you're in Game Seven of the World Series. It turns out to be a crucial play. Yeah. And I feel like that's why I would value Harper more, just because in my like watching of games, it seems like he's normally trying. I know he's had problems where he's jogged like a fly ball out, but I feel yeah. like if he gets traded to a team that he actually wants to play for, 
he's never going to not show up to a game where Machado might. And if you want to risk that much money in him, I don't really know if that's a good deal. Yeah, I think I think Machado because of how well documented all of the uh, issue, quote unquote, issues have been with him. I feel like his value is severely diminished compared to Harper. So I do think Machado's contract is going to end up being smaller. Yeah. And honestly, maybe a few years shorter as well. Yeah. But either way, I think Machado is worth it just because you're getting a gold glove caliber player that can play either third or shortstop, honestly, which I think shortstop is the most valuable infield position. And then I would second that. Second to that, I would put third base. So I feel like, especially on an infield that with the White Sox, he can go third base or you can move Tim Anderson or whatever you want to do. I think Machado to the White Sox, I want it to happen. I think it would be great. I just, I, I just think he's more valuable because his numbers alone tell me he's more valuable. But I do understand everything with his attitude. And, I mean, we'll see. Ricky Renteria's got his Ricky, Ricky's boys don't quit or whatever their like, slogan or whatever it was, you know, even though they had – 62 wins, but whatever. Um, I think that I think his attitude can change if he's got the right veterans around him. I mean, Jose Abreu is a great mentor to a ton of young guys. So I think Machado makes all the sense in the world to me to the White Sox, but watch it be on like a one-year deal. <laughs> yeah, well, they, I could also see Harper might sign. There's some rumors that he might sign a shorter yeah, I have se- I have seen those because but... I think it's because he wants so much, and I think the teams aren't offering it. Yeah, and so I think he might take a one or two year deal just to get to free agency again to get an even bigger deal later on. Yeah, but I've also seen a lot. Once again, Bleacher Report. Uh, I've seen a lot that says that they don't act like he actually wants long term, and he's not interested in short term still. Even though the market yeah. might be suggesting no team wants to offer it. I don't know. I yeah. personally. I think the two of them are waiting for someone to sign first because that's going to set the market for the other one. It's it's almost like the Cleo Mack, Aaron Donald last year where yeah. it was kind of like each gonna, of them are like, one of you has to sign first. Yeah, and it's interest, What what's interesting about it to me is we're talking committing $400 million to a player, maybe $300 million to Machado, you know, somewhere in that ridiculous range. Mm-hmm. That money could be spent on other off-season targets. I mean... That's, that's my point why yeah. I bring it up, like... It's either of you, if you have, like, the Sox, say the Sox are a playoff team last year. I know the Giants are always somewhat in a playoff team. If you have $400 million to spend, right now you can go out for outfielders if you're looking just for outfielders. you got Carlos Gonzalez batting 276, um, 329 on base, 16 home runs, 64 RBIs. Or Adam Jones, 281, 15 home runs, 60 RBIs. And they both play really good defense to where it's like if you're trying to compare Harper's average to if he's a better defensive player. You can spend yeah. a lot less money, even maybe pick up an ace like Dallas Keuchel. He's still available. Yeah. So I yeah. just think, like, why would you go after Machado? I mean, Machado's an infielder, so that kind of takes that yeah. out. But why would you get Bryce Harper when you can get three stud players to really? And still probably not even break the four hundred million dollar mark. Yeah, yeah, probably not. I don't think you. I don't think you would touch that honestly. And that's a good point. I mean, you can build more depth, and you can depth is what wins. Yeah. Honestly. Then, you don't need one player. Like, sure, if you're if you if you think your team is one player away, then okay, I guess I can see the logic. I still don't like the mm-hmm. idea of committing that long term and that much money to someone. But even yeah. if you're if you're one player away, like say the Dodgers are an outfielder away, if you sign Adam Jones, he should be good enough to if you're yeah. one player away rather than spend four hundred million on Harper. Right. Yeah. Same. I mean, Carlos Gonzalez. Same thing. I mean, those are guys that I think give you a big enough edge. Yeah. So yeah. I I don't know. I don't know how much of a game changer I would say Harper is. 
I just I'm weary of just in general committing that much money to any one player because you can uh-huh. build you can take that four hundred million dollars and you can build such a more deep team with that. Yeah, definitely. Then I think especially when it comes to playoffs, I feel like pitching, especially in recent years, has become yes, more important. Pitching is huge. Like you can look look at the last time the Giants won the World Series, it was Madison Bumgarner almost willed that team. <laughs> yeah. Like in the World Series, they won one game that he didn't pitch in. That was all they had to do was win one game that it wasn't basically Madison Bumgarner winning yeah. the game for the Giants. So yeah. I would be more comfortable like paying a pitcher a lot of money than I would like a bat because you know, it depends on the situation. It depends how they're doing. Yeah, and I think there's more inconsistencies yeah. when it comes to batting than pitching, honestly. Yep, definitely. And I would I would value good bullpen depth over one oh, yeah. good batter for sure, especially yeah. when – especially like you're an American League team and you're going into a National League park. I mean, come on, how many times do they change pitchers once you start getting through your bullpen? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's a big thing. Their bullpen depth is what comes in huge in the World Series. I would say mm-hmm. more than most positions. Yeah, and that's I think that's severely underestimated or undervalued because, I mean, come on, you'll have guys go out and pitch one inning and then you have to switch them out because you don't want them swinging the bat. Mm-hmm. So, that's just where I stand. That's where I stand there. I pitching I think is the most valuable that you would have to look at. And then I just back to your point, Nick, is just filling your team with more reserve talent or. Guys that aren't as exceptional talents, but still very serviceable and above average players, and you can get you can bring in more of them. And in that case, I view it as kind of a quant like you get quantity over quality, but you're not like sacrificing too much. Yeah, and especially with the players that are available, it's not like they're garbage players or guys that are just coming out of the minors. Like Mike Bustakis is available for an infielder, so like if yeah. you're if you're like the Sox, you spend a bunch of money on Keuchel and Jones, and like you don't have enough to get Machado. Yeah, you can. You know, salvage your third base with a good player. Like he's better than your third baseman you have now. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, once, even if they bring in Machado, you got Tim Anderson who can move over to third base. Yeah, Mancada's also has experience at third base. They have rotational guy. They can move those guys in the infield. They all have experience in the other positions. You know, so I, I yeah, I just I think there's way too much out there to be looking at committing so much money to one player. Yeah. Although that being said, I'm going to ask. So I've always said there is one player in the MLB I would give four hundred million to, and that one player is Mike Trout. Do you guys feel the same or no? I think it's to the same point where I would rather have <laughs> five or six average to slightly above yeah. average outfielders yeah. instead of having Mike Trout because at a certain point when you get to the playoffs, every pitcher knows exactly where to throw the ball to Mike Trout. That's yeah. true. And at that point, are you really worth putting $400 million on a guy who might bat you know, 300 yeah. and not get any RBIs if you can't have anyone else that gets on base? Yeah, mm-hmm. this is how I'm going to answer that question. I would definitely pay Mike Trout the most out of anyone yes. in the league. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I for sure would give him the biggest contract, but I would. $400 million is a lot to commit to one yeah. guy. And age eventually catches up to players. Yeah. There is proof that pitching is getting faster on average. The average fastball is going up. Year, I, I don't want to say yearly, but every couple of years, the average yeah. jumps. More guys are breaking the 100-mile-per-hour mark than typical. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that age will catch up to you there because eventually your reaction time will slow. Your yeah. body's going to kind of get worn down. And it's going to be harder for you to keep up with those pitches. Mm-hmm. And when you're paying, when you're committing that much to someone's bat, that's a huge risk right there because you end up at some point 
later, like second half of that contract, what if it becomes an albatross? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's like the like the thing you're bringing about like years. Like if you're gonna offer someone four hundred million, it's got to be for over eight years. And at that yeah. point, it's like, do you really want to? Right, that's what future. I mean. Like you have to commit a lot of money in a lot of years like, that's to the one thing guy. I'm more scared about to your point, Cole. Four hundred million. It's like at a certain point, like yeah, it might not be that much, but giving someone a ten year contract offer, it's like. You're 26, 28 now. All of a sudden, you're 38. Like, yeah, you have to yep. think about when you're paying this guy till, yeah, not just like, oh, yeah, I get him for a good five years, but then you still got to pay him 200 million yeah. over the next five. Yeah, right. You think, get him five yeah. good years, then you're you're stuck with him as he's starting to decline for another five at the same price. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're looking at it then. I mean, you don't, you have no idea in five years where your team's going to be, and what if you're in a position where that contract is what's crippling you, and yeah. then. Teams aren't going to take it because if there's a serious decline in their play, then you're stuck with it, and there's nothing you can do other than just wait it out or buy it out or just release him and take the hit. I don't. There's not much. Yeah. It's yeah. just a. It's a risky situation. And I don't think it's worth it for anyone. You look yeah. at teams like my Seattle Mariners, where this year they could not get anyone in free agency last year because they had Nelson Cruz's huge contract, yeah. Robinson Cano. Mm-hmm. They still pay Felix Hernandez, but he's one of those. He will die a Mariner, and I know that. So they're never <laughs> yeah. going to trade him, and they'll pay him as much as he wants, which it's yeah. getting hope it is getting less and less. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. He's probably he's probably going to be starting to yeah. take more hometown discounts. Yeah, hometown. Yeah. He's probably going to be a middle reliever, if not just yeah. a setup man who barely comes in when they're up like twelve. Yeah, how old is he yeah. now? I th- want to say he's in his mid thirties. Yeah, he's he's got to be in his mid thirties. Yeah. he's he's up there. He's been there for forever, a long time. Yeah. He's. I mean, I'm a Mariners yeah. fan. I probably should know that, but <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah. I, there's a t- age. Ages could be whatever. Honestly, I have yeah. no idea. Well, Especially I'd, with leagues yeah. where they can come in at 18. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's I mean, hard to I guess. think the other thing too is like I think a lot of the t- I think a lot of the reason why there's a lot of free agents still left in MLB and stuff is I think teams have grown more wary, especially of these long-term deals, like like we're saying, like these eight, ten-year deals, because they really haven't worked out. When you look at all those like the big names with that got the ten year deals, like Alex Rodriguez by the end of his ten year deal was was awful. Now granted he had suspension issues, but then same with like pool holes right now. That oh, is that boy. is crippling the the Angels. You know, like when you look at a lot of them, like there's not a great example of oh this dude got a ten year deal and that worked out great for the team. Yeah. Like every time it's usually like yeah that guy got a ten year deal and that totally destroyed the team. Yeah, and then. Committing once again, going back to committing that money to bats. I mean, look at Stanton in New York. That guy was pretty hot and cold all season. Yeah, I mean, he got paid because he hits he hits homers, but yeah, but didn't he go didn't he go in on some string where he was like batting like like oh nine one or something like that? He was bat he was on like a string of like consecutive strikeouts that was ridiculous, and that's yeah he had he had some he had a string of bad games. He also had a couple strings of like he had like. 10 homers. Yeah, he was so hot. He was so hot and cold. And that's the part of like inconsistencies with committing money to a bat. Did they win a World Series is the big thing. You pay money to win the World Series. Yeah, you're paying to win the World Series. And they didn't do it. And and you only get hitters. That's why I would always spend money on pitching. A pitcher will pitch 27 outs. A hitter is only going to bat once every nine at bats. So you're getting him. At some points, only for three swings, yeah. for three at bats, and if you're mm-hmm. going to pay four hundred million for three swings a game, right? I'd rather pay four million for twenty-seven outs as yeah. a pitcher. Not yeah. saying every pitcher is going to go complete games. Yeah, but. but I mean, if you can find the guys who could do it, and if a pitcher's on, then a pitcher's on. You know, yeah. There's nothing like seeing a pitcher get in a groove, especially good ones too. Yeah, 
Yeah, like Madison Bumgarner totally took over the World Series for the Giants. Yeah. I mean, you see guys, Chris Sale, for his career when he's yeah, on, he's, he's on. I mean, that's just how it is with the top with top talent pitching. When they get into a groove, that's way more valuable yeah. than it. I would take that every like every however many starts than like a like a random string of games where a guy goes off on a tear and then cools down like crazy cuz it's not mm-hmm. man, it's not consistent. And then at what point do you start resting those guys? Pitchers get five days rest every time. But yeah. hitters, you know, towards the end of the season when you're fighting for that last playoff spot, you're gassed by the playoffs. Yeah, they can be worn, especially by what position they play too. All yeah. that running around in the outfield, you know. Yeah, or even like with uh, the Giants with Posey, like they have to play him at first base a lot of times, or they like yeah. sit him out games because he's getting you know up there. He's in his. Uh, early 30s, so like they've started to really take it easy on him because of yeah. the catcher. Your knees just yeah, his get knees destroyed. will catch up to him soon. Yeah, but at least he still has his bat. That's true. Yeah, and his bat his bat is better when he plays first base than when probably, he plays catcher because he's not on those arthritic <laughs> knees all the all game. True. <laughs> on those old man legs. I don't yeah. know if he has arthritis, but old oh, man thinking about playing catcher gives me arthritis. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I but. Yeah, I guess our main point here is the money is worth it in pitching more than a bat. Mm-hmm. And I think and also worth investing in more talent than just one big talent. Mm-hmm. And especially with Harper's year last year, I wouldn't say home run derby champion. <laughs> I don't care Tom if you're going to spend the home run million, derby. You go for the home run derby champion. <laughs> like, I'm not yeah. spending 400 million dollars on Chris Bryant runner up. Come on. Yeah, yeah, you know that's fair. Fair enough. Yeah, I just that's a lot of money to commit to one guy and a lot of years to it commit is. to one guy. I'm, I'm hoping to see Machado sign with the White Sox for, like, a six-year deal. I want to see him yeah. sign for the one fact of, like, you know, the Cubs-Sox fan rivalry. And yeah. it's always, like, Cubs fans lately are like, who's even on the Sox? So if you get Machado, then it's like, yeah, Machado's, Machado's on the Machado's Sox. Machado's on the there Sox. Boom. Yeah, it's like you just have the comeback. And, and then... you just wait until next season when Kopech comes back <laughs> and plays a full season in the MLB. Okay, common Sox fan. You just keep waiting. It's like the old Cubs fan yeah, before they won keep... the World but Series it worked next for year. It worked for them. So you know what? I'll, I'll keep holding <laughs> on to that. <sighs> yeah, I mean – Anything yeah, else you the, guys wanted to add there? I mean, the, the other thing that's slightly concerning about Harper to me is that his average and his, his home runs have been going down yeah. somewhat consistently over the last three years. That is that is slightly concerning to me. Yeah. Considering, especially right now, like he's 26, he should be at his prime. He should be having his best years of his career. Yeah. Not sort of like, like last year was probably one of his worst, like, even mm-hmm. since his rookie year, like this, the he, one he of definitely worst struggled years. last. Yeah. year. He had a rough start to the season last year. Yeah. He kind of turned it on a little bit towards the end, but mm-hmm. I mean, he's he started off on a pretty at a pretty cold streak, and I, that's why he finished at two fifty. And I will apologize to you, Nick, on the podcast for our little argument yesterday. <laughs> I was wrong about Bryce Harper's batting average. I said it was much lower than it actually was. That's okay. I was wrong about math for a long yeah, time you, on that <laughs> argument. So we both we both had our flaws. We, we but it out. I'm still gonna say I won that one. No, I would. I like playing. You know the. Yeah, you like kinda, being devil's advocate. Yeah, just kind of. Yeah. But I do. I have one last point to add that I'm gonna add on this. Okay. Do you, either of you, think that there's like the injury bug that's gonna happen to Bryce Harper, and then is that a concern? Even Manny Machado, I feel like both of these guys throughout their career have never like missed. Half to a full season, and like they've all been, they've both been very durable. They've been durable, yeah. but like at what point do you like 
I start to worry about Machado playing two positions or Bryce Harper playing yeah. in a new stadium like you're paying four hundred million dollars for a guy and then he gets hurt for the first year. Yeah, that's that's a can obviously that's probably always in the back of a GM's mind when they're going through contracts. But if yeah. they have no history of injury, I don't think you can, you should approach it with the thought like what if they get injured. Yeah, I'd I'd be more uh, concerned if it's like oh this dude's on his third Tommy John surgery. Yeah. That's when yeah, I'm like yeah like, that's they're okay. both they're both 26 years old, so they're still in their physical primes and everything. They've been in the league for a while, so yeah. I feel like you maybe think about how their body's gonna catch up to them towards like the second half of whatever contract yeah. you offer okay. them to, but. And I mean, I think you always have to be aware too. Like with sports stars, there's always the chance something stupid happens. Yeah. There's always the chance, you know, like, like was uh, it? John Wall falls in his home. Yeah. yeah Jake Berger the, on the White Sox. Achilles. Yeah. I was he ruptured say, his Achilles running to first in spring training, and then like yeah. two weeks later, ruptured it again walking down the stairs in his house. Yeah. And then like, there's a closer for the Cubs last year who apparently was putting on his pants and like wrecked his back yeah. yeah i mean like there's freak weeks. there's freak yeah. things that can happen but they're at the they're at a point where i don't think if they haven't had injury problems at all i think you have a good you're just safe to say there's a ch- there's a good chance he's not going to get yeah, injured for the yeah. next couple I, I years i feel like the next few years you can yeah, confidently I, yeah. say that you don't think anything's going to happen i'll knock on wood for those two guys though because they just said it but I, yeah. I don't think you can factor that into your decision when the two of them have been healthy their entire careers. Yeah, I don't think there's anything that would lead me to believe, like, oh, they might be getting injured a lot. They might miss a lot of time. I don't, I yeah. don't see anything other than, like, a free I mean, injury they, causing that. They play, like, over 150 games a season. Yeah. They play a lot, and they it, their, body seems to, their bodies seem to handle it pretty fine. I would, be, um, I would say I'm a little bit more concerned about Machado just because of his position. Okay. Because I feel like in the outfield, Harper has a little bit more time to react, and Machado, I feel like, is going to be a lot of stop-start, yeah. more rapid and, like, accelerant movements and, mm-hmm. you know, diving and everything. You never know what will happen on those the plays. collisions at second base, it seemed to be yeah. more so, and more yeah, apparent. Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah, sliding through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would be a little bit more concerned, but I don't think it's something that you factor into your decision when you offer a contract because there's no history of those guys being injured. I don't think it's worth having that in the back of your mind. But yeah. I do I do get what you're saying there. And I could see I could see the thought process of like the second half of their contract when they're older and you're like, okay, well their body's probably gonna slow down. But you probably I would hope that a GM fact like if that's in his mind, he keeps that in mind when he offers the contract. Yeah. But you know, they they never do though. Yeah. They never do. <laughs> but I don't you think with, get the players who are I don't think Machado's going to get a long enough contract to where that's even an issue. I think Machado's going to get a contract and it's going to end when he's like thirty-two. Yeah, and from from so, the rumors that have been out there, that's what it's. I like. haven't heard anything over a seven-year deal for Machado. I think you just look at that as normal for MLB. Yeah, you're going to offer an infielder a shorter contract because they play so yeah. much more apparently than the outfielder who. Could sit in the corner and not really do anything. Just hire yeah, exactly. a fast center fielder. Just chase there's the way ball more plays to the infield, especially if he's playing shortstop. That I mean, mm-hmm. you patrol the infield at shortstop. Honestly, yeah. you cover yeah. the most ground. So, yeah, that's where I stand on that. I don't think it's worth factoring into your decision. Good okay. question, though. So uh, I think I think we got to move on from baseball now. I think we've pretty much uh, talked through talked through all the baseball. Um, so. There's the new uh, Alliance of American Football yes, that uh, that has kicked off. 
Uh, this is very interesting to me. There's there's a lot of weird rules. Do you want to go over the rules, Mills? Yeah, okay. So the Alliance of American Football debuted the week after the Super Bowl. I'd like to assume most of our listeners have heard of it, but don't blame you guys if you haven't. So there's eight teams, but here here's the interesting rules now. There's no kickoffs. The ball is placed at the 25-yard line. All on- onside kicks have been wiped out. Instead, you get a 4th and 12 attempt from where the wherever the kickoff would normally be, but there's no kickoff. So mm-hmm. I didn't I couldn't find what yard line it said, oddly enough. But so fourth and twelve attempt, and then that's your onside kick. So you get it and you just play on if you don't turn over on downs basically. Mm-hmm. All po- all extra points have to be two point conversions. And only five pass rushers can rush at once. That's a penalty if you rush more than five. And then another interesting thing I found is that they're trying to disperse their players based on where they played in college to keep them close to where their college towns were mm-hmm. to try and bring in more fans, which is interesting to me because I, I think it could work a little bit, but I think, honestly, if the football is good enough, it's going to draw because it's football during the NFL offseason, and football rules this country, in my opinion. It does. I just I find the rules really interesting because they're kind of all the like rules that – people have said yeah. that the NFL might consider due to like yeah. concussions and stuff. So it almost seems like it's like a trial run for NFL. I, yeah, I was reading I was I was reading an article by ESPN that was kind of like saying that the NFL is hoping they could use like <laughs> if the if the AAF kind of takes off and is able to sustain, uh, sustain itself that they could kind of use it as like the test run for all of their potential rules. I do have an issue with some of them though. I don't like only rushing five passers at a time. That is seriously going to screw over defenses, and hey. I I get you want it to be I get you want an offensive league, but you're I, you're like handicapping defenses at that point. I think you run into a problem with a play action pass though. Because yeah. if you go to play action and you have six guys think, oh, it's a run. Yeah, if and one guy bites on quick, the run and now it's, it's a, a quick penalty. slant pass. Now you're like, oh, they had six guys across the line yeah. of scrimmage. How does that work? Yeah, like there there are some interesting rules. I'm not opposed to the onside. I get I actually like the onside kick replacement because I feel like an onside kick is. You kick it, and some guys are just like, "All right, I'm gonna go kill whoever's in front of me and hope he doesn't touch the ball, and like hope none of them yeah. touch the ball." So I get that makes sense to me. Um, no kickoffs, I I get it, but at the same time, some you never know. You can have a big return, and that's a part that is a part of games. Like you watched uh, going back to the Bears, Eagles playoff game, Tariq Cohen took that kickoff and ran it to like the 35, and that set up the offense for a chance for the double doink. But <laughs> I mean. You can still have those game-changing plays on the kickoff, and I get wanting to reduce injuries and everything, but at some point you're gonna hand you're gonna handcuff the talent you have in the league, which is why I don't want to see too many rules. Because I mean, what's the point if you're gonna make it so it's ha- almost impossible to play good defense? That's true, but I mean, honestly, they already make it kind of tough. Like, there's so many like pass interference. Granted, except for the playoffs, in the playoffs yeah, they let them they play. Let them, they let them play, but, but my... like. The rest of the time, they told they call pass interference when it's like really. Yeah, but my big thing is with the five pass rushers. Like, you want you can't expect DBs to hold cover five pass rushers. I mean, that's that's true. That you're you're asking a lot of your DBs, and they already get are very handicapped by the rule book that exists now. Like, they touch the slightest bit past five yards, the ref can throw a flag and say interference or holding. So you're yeah. just you're doing a you're holding back the talent in the league because you want to see offense. I'm sorry. I like watching defensive games too. I like watching stud defenders be studs, but you don't get yeah. to watch that if you limit their ability to rush the passer and create pressure. 
because part of defense, part of what makes those big plays is creating pressure. And if you take out that possibility, it's not entertaining. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is like defense wise, but then also like the rules sometimes like they contradict themselves because I know the Alliance football, they wanted to do like helmet helmet contact. Everyone watched that one hit that was perfectly yeah. legal, but it's like, <laughs> all right, we're not going to have kickoffs or because they're dangerous. Yeah, it's they, like, they allow bigger hits and stuff, but then they're taking it, they're adding rules to take out those hits elsewhere in the game. Yeah. So yeah. I. I get that. I, I'm i cautious with how many – I don't want to see any more rules added that could limit defense. I'm not too concerned about kickoff yeah. and onside kicks. I get that. The yeah. two-point two conversion, I get it too, but I also like how the NFL has it now because that extra point's no longer a gimme. Yeah, I mean, you, you see a miss. Cody Parkey, again. Missed how many like, this year? Almost every team <laughs> except a lot of, for... Justin Tucker missed Justin one. Tucker. I mean, it's it's no longer a guaranteed field goal at this point, and it does play a factor in the game. And I, I'm fine with it. I, I think it's fine where it is. I get the onside kick in the no kickoffs. Specifically, the onside kick makes more sense to me. I like kickoffs still. I like when guys return it, even if they don't get to the 25. Fun. I feel like... This league just didn't want to hire a special teams coach. So they're like, all right, this is going to be too expensive for teams, so we're not going to have yeah. punt returns or kick returns. Yeah. I don't even know what they do for punts, but I feel like if this was the I NFL. Don't, I don't think they punt, dude. It's so off at the – I mean, you, did you <laughs> see you some of the scores putting rushers. up 40 points and stuff? Yeah, I – I mean, you just take out a guy like Devin Hester. Like, he was not going to be a defensive player. He was a pretty awful wide receiver but yeah, he was he, a bad route runner he made his career as a yeah as he a was kick a returner, special teams returner. kick returner and he that's was a return fun to watch and it's fun that's that's what i'm saying like you take that out of the game you take out an element and i'm going back to the Tariq cohen return in the playoffs you take that out of the game you don't even get the you might not even get the double doink and that's yeah. i'm sorry if the bears are losing for the entertainment value, the double doink is more entertaining than then not even getting a chance. You know what I mean? I think it's, it takes away some of like the like smart coaching decisions yeah. or player decisions. You know, like if there's five yeah. seconds left, you might fall down at the one yard line to not get the touchdown. Whereas if there's no kickoff, it's like what's the point? They're not going to throw a 90 yard pass. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. what? Or 75 yard pass to get a touchdown. Yeah, exactly. You take you're you're making it almost a little easier or taking some strategy out of the game as well. And I do like that whole players on the field the player like on a return it's totally up to the return man he ty montgomery went off and did his own thing and the rams won a game because he fumbled i mean that's stuff that doesn't happen if you take out the kickoff you take out those wild cards or those uh variables that you can't even predict you know Mm -hmm. but another interesting thing that i wanted to talk about with the aaf is there's i don't know if you guys have seen the replay or the review uh system with the AF it's they call it transparent reviews so they are you when they're reviewing a play you have the review specialist whatever his title is you know the replay review guy Mm -hmm. you he's literally on camera and he's explaining the process while he's making his decision so you get to see the you get to see inside basically under the tent or whatever the booth and you see you get to see inside it and he literally explains the process the whole time and I thought that's interesting because how many times do you see the refs in the NFL go, oh, the call in the field stands or is overturned, and then you've got your Dean Blandino or whoever, the Fox former NFL rules executive guy who's on there, and yeah. he's like, oh, yeah, no, that's definitely a catch. And then the refs go out, yeah, no, it's an incomplete pass. And they're like, oh, I don't know how. And then they have to try and, like, retract <laughs> their statement. But it just yeah. the transparent reviews I think is really cool. The NFL will never do it, though. 
Yeah, I would, I would they prefer love to, if they did it. They prefer they to come out like a couple hours after a game and be like, oh, the ref's messed up, but it's in the past now. That's the NFL's way of handling. That's their and damage control. And then Goodell will deny, or he will say he talked to the players, and the players will call him out like, you never talk to us. Yeah, that, that was just another interesting thing I wanted to add. I, it's not technically a rule, but it's a, it's a cool little feature that the AAF did. And then yeah. one more thing I want to talk about with the AAF is um, – I think it's going to end up turning out to like a minor league system in the NFL because I know that Trent Trent Richardson is on the Birmingham Iron. I don't know the team names, but he's on, yeah. he's in Birmingham and it's like we're I feel like the league's going to work as a way for guys who either aren't there yet to make the NFL. It gives them an opportunity to kind of play their way into like a roster, like a tryout spot in the uh, like the uh summer camps and everything in OTAs. Mm-hmm. Or I know the Bears actually gave a list to the Phoenix GM in the AAF of players to target went out of their training camp if they got cut. And they're like, hey, look at these guys. Maybe pick them up so we can watch them play for you guys and see if they're worth bringing back in, and maybe they earn a spot. Which, if that's the case, I'm all for it too because it adds a whole other element to how you build a team. Like, if it turns into a minor league system, now you're talking prospect development, which, as a White Sox fan, prospect development is like my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> and but you also can now you can afford to get a project quarterback, you know? Like the like for example this draft this year's draft in quarterbacks, I feel like if the AAF works as a minor league system, you can you maybe risk an earlier pick on one of them and you develop them. You know what I mean? But like the only problem with that is like there's not a system where like you can be signed to an NFL team and go to an uh AAF team like no, I know. So that doesn't work right now. So like you can't do that right now. No, no, I'm saying hypothetically like if the if it worked if it was already in that capacity that they could do that. I'm not saying yeah. that's the plan right now, but like even uh Bill Polian who's one of I he's not the commissioner, but he's one of the founders of the league. Mm-hmm. He uh he basically said he wants to develop the talent in the AAF and the NFL players. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it'll ever be a like a true minor league system though. Like you were talking about though, I think all it's gonna be is I think it's basically gonna be a second chance for guys mm-hmm. out of college who didn't make it in the NFL in the first time, and I think it's just a just a basically a second chance for them. I'm yeah, gonna explain this very easily. I think you guys are missing the point. This is the G League in basketball for yes. football. You look at guys like Jimmer Fredette, he gets signed. Round one draft pick because he's going to be the greatest three-point shooter in the history. He sucks. He goes to Europe, then he goes to the G League. Now all these teams can look at him in the G League. He's playing the exact same sport with the exact same rules or slight variations to very similar rules. And you're like, all right, now I've seen him work on his game for the years he should have been in college, Mm -hmm. and now he's good to where NFL teams could be like, I really like this guy from Drake or Duke or someone who's not like a powerhouse five team. And now it's like I'll watch him develop in the AAF to where it's like, all right, I'm not going to waste my first-round pick or second-round yeah. pick on this random guy, but I have my eye on him. I can watch him develop yeah, and you can for five years or six years. I mean, every guy in that league is going to take an NFL contract if they're offered one. Yeah. It'd yeah. be stupid not to. I mean, you could theoretically make a living off of the AAF. I mean, their current contract system is set up where players sign three-year deals that pay out at a $250,000 salary through three years. Which is decent. I mean, that's not bad. You're playing basically semi-pro football, and yeah. it's 
been highly documented, so you know the NFL is going to be watching. And I think yeah. the NFL is going to have an easier time watching this than the Canadian Football League. Yeah. It's almost like it's a notch above being a practice squad player. Yeah. Which I would... That is a job I would take in a heartbeat. Oh, yes. I would practice take a squad player. Are you kidding me? Yeah. They don't hit in practice anymore either. Yeah. I, guess, I would be yeah. a practice squad player. They may, I looked up their salaries. I mean, they can make anywhere from like 80 grand to 100 grand. And say a guy goes down with injury and now you're called up to the to the roster. Oh, there's your chance right there. Dude. <laughs> you get murdered the first time you catch the ball. <laughs> sure. I'll take it. My game check's a little bit bigger because I played in one. All right. Yeah. <laughs> worth it to me. Are you kidding me? I'd be a practice squad player if I could, or I'd learn to long snap. No, they actually have to tackle. I'm not big and enough to do that. They need to be big, yeah. Yeah. You need to put, like, five of you long together. Long snappers are hiddenly athletic or hidden talents for yeah. athletes. I, I totally true. botched my wording yeah, on that. Yeah, I figured out but what you But they're, they're surprisingly athletic because they got to get down the field. they got to do the snap. Yeah. <laughs> they're big guys that have to be quick, too. It's they're, Long snappers are cool. That's a cool job. Yeah, I take see, that one. See, the, the, only, the only pro football job I would ever do is uh, kicking where it's uh, a penalty to touch me. That that's the only that's yeah, the only ex- job I take <laughs> except on the you, field. Except you miss a playoff kick to move on, <laughs> and an entire city wants you dead for the rest of your life. Hey, that's still better than Kickers, getting hit by the, one of those guys. The kicker is like one of the highest pressure positions in football. Let's be real. It's true. I don't it think there's any greater pressure than when you have three seconds on the clock, and it's like, hey, you have to make this or we lose. So good luck. See, that I, is- I feel like also like when you talk about long snapper and kicker, I feel like underappreciated guy, the holder. He that does so true. much work to allow that field yeah. to go in. If if it's wet outside, that ball slips. Like everyone talks about, oh, it's easy to fumble the ball. It's raining. They don't ever give that uh, benefit to the holder. If the no. holder drops the ball, that guy would be off the team so fast. Like we yeah. don't need well, the holder's typically the punter now. Yeah, now they have it be the punter. They so have that it be they the punter. So at least he still has to punt. So his job is a little bit more secure than the kicker. So but a better <laughs> chance to win NBA, Super Bowl MVP is <laughs> Yeah, I mean. Couple more kicks for the Rams and Johnny yeah. Hecker's walking away with that MVP trophy. <laughs> yeah, I liked your scenario. You told me what was it, Johnny Hecker? Johnny Hecker. I, I think it was when it was there was three to three yeah, or something. It was, it was tie game. I'm saying Johnny Hecker. It's fourth and seven, fourth and eleven. Fake punt. Throws the ball for a touchdown, only touchdown of the game. How could you not give it to him? He plays offense. He has the <laughs> world record punt in a game. You can't not give him that the would, MVP. That would, you'd have to give it to him. You'd have to. I would. Oh, I wouldn't have argued that at all. That would have been. Amazing. I would have loved it because he would have been the now. best offensive player on the Rams that game. <laughs> Forty years from now, yeah, I remember when Johnny Hecker won MVP. Who is that? Oh, He's punter. a punter. He kicked the longest punt in Super Bowl history. He got offered four hundred million dollars to be the punter for the Rams and pitch for the Giants. (laughs) You know, San Francisco Giants. I mean, he'd probably be the quarterback for the New York Giants. He'd be better than Eli. Eli, Eli's ancient. That guy's gonna turn to dust. They're gonna bury him. They they might as well just in that field. I know I said that last (laughs) week, but they are. No, they they should just have Odell be their starting quarterback, so Odell can throw it to Odell. Yeah, he'll just throw it up super high. Is that a forward lateral or no? That's that's allowed. If it's behind the line of scrimmage, I think if he just (laughs) chucks it really high and really far, he's fast. He could probably get there. Is he playing against the Jets secondary? Uh, I mean, or another week secondary? Yeah, 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 we'll give him a week secondary, and I think if he has a week secondary, I think he can do it. Not really, but you know what I'm saying. Exactly. It, Eli needs to retire is basically the point we're at we're at here in some weird misconstrued <laughs> way. That's Most what we're definitely. that's what we're saying. But 
That'll bring us to quarterbacks. The big trade right now, Joe Flacco, the elite of the elite. Is Best going quarterback to replace... in the past 10 years. The GOAT of quarterbacks, yeah, in he's... my opinion. Joe Flacco is basically going to replace a shorter Joe Flacco in <laughs> in Denver. Essentially... Have you seen his numbers? They're freaky similar, him and Case Keenum, the last three yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> it's un... it, and they're not great. No, like, no, they're, they're not, not good great. at all. <laughs> They're not, they're not great yeah. at all. Joe Flacco hasn't averaged more than seven yards per pass attempt in five years. Yeah, so basically That's since awful. he won the Super Bowl. That's so that, bad. That is the key to living well. You perform just well enough to get paid a lot of money, and then after that you coast to retirement. Yeah, remember that, all the, that's the goal. Remember all the, oh, he's cool Joe. Joe Flacco's elite, right? He's a Super Bowl MVP. Joe Flacco's elite. <laughs> capitalizes on that, becomes the highest paid quarterback for like the last however many years. And then lost his job to Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you you lost your to like a twenty year old Julian Edelman. Pretty much is what he lost his job to, except a little more athletic. <laughs> Woo. Woo. You know. well, I mean, it's like a quarterback who probably would have been a wide receiver. If, I mean, if Joe Flacco's a Tom Brady level quarterback, Lamar Jackson doesn't play quarterback for the Ravens. They yeah. they move him to no. receiver. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although it's interesting, like talk about. Terrible eye for quarterback talent in John, John Elway. Elway. I, mean, I don't I care how good of a yeah. defense he builds. He is the worst when it comes <laughs> to building an offense. He's terrible. He signs Peyton. Okay, I'll give you credit for Peyton Manning. That worked out for but, you. But, but granted, dude, anybody could have signed Peyton. Yeah, like everybody that knew that, that, that wasn't was like move. a that wasn't yeah. like a wow. What a what he's a just buying move. his time until Broncos fans are like, hey, Joe, <laughs> John, what, you want to come back and come uh, out of retirement? Quarterback? <laughs> Add to your records that we know you don't want anyone to break based on how you invest in quarterbacks. Come on. We got Brock Osweiler, yeah. Paxton Lynch, Case Keenum, Trevor Simeon. Yeah, I mean, uh, the one in Chad thing- Kelly, he never played, but now Joe Flacco. What are, yeah. what are you doing, John? Well, I mean, you're going to ruin that defense. I, I get you got one Super Bowl, yeah. but. Really build for like sustained success. Man. Oh, I I totally thought that the Broncos were where uh, Nick Foles was going to end up. I thought Nick Foles yeah, was going to end up that. on the Broncos. Not anymore. I thought that was inevitable. No, Nick Foles might break one of Elway's records somehow. <laughs> so we need Joe so Flacco. There's no way Joe Flacco breaks any records, averaging six point three yards per attempt. It's true. There's also no way they make the playoffs with that. Hey, you never know. They could finish eight and eight, and maybe. In, in in their division where they have Kansas City. I think I think their goal is to just be better than the Raiders and say, see, we're not last in the division. As the Raiders are imploding under <laughs> yeah, Gruden, John Gruden. Another brilliant mind. Speaking speak quarterback, how long does Derek Carr stay quarterback? Oh, I feel boy. I feel like that's a ticking time bomb. Derek like, Carr, he's out soon. Derek Carr is traded next off season. My bold prediction. That surprise me. That is my bold prediction. Traded next, next off season because that's where I think the best quarterback talent is going to be, comparing yeah. to this year at least. Well, the, but the, as a John Gruden coach, do you want a rookie quarterback that I mean, arguably you can get you can get from or someone like that caliber where you could maybe get Foles this year and maybe save yourself like. As a Raiders coach, I don't coach. think John Gruden's competent enough to think that way. I also think he knows he's safe with that deal he has. Yeah, he's I his, think whole, he his whole deal is guaranteed. Not getting he's like, oh yeah, he's not I don't think fired. he's probably daring them to fire him. Honestly, <laughs> like, yeah, fire me. I'll have even less to do and still make ten million dollars every year for the next ten years. He'll just go back to broadcast and then he'll be making like yeah, he'll twenty bring million back his a year Gruden's combined. QB camp and he'll rave about how he wishes he could coach this guy and then he'll get the opportunity and he'll trade him. <laughs> 
I think he's no. I think once they're gonna get their quarterback of the future when they move to Vegas. Yeah, I think that so. Derek w- Carr is there until the move is official, and he's going to get traded. And I'm going to be super bold and predict he goes to the Giants. Derek Carr. Interesting. A year from now. Okay, not today, but don't hold me to this. But I <laughs> oh, called the Khalil Mack trade, so you don't. We never know anymore. Yeah, I honestly thought you were insane. When you said <laughs> I know that. you I'm did. Like, what do you? No. Know? All right, Derek Carr. Next offseason is going to be traded to the Giants because Eli is finally. They're the Giants are finally going to realize. Oh boy. Eli's been playing for three years longer than he should have. I, I'm hoping Eli realizes it. Eli is oh, like, I hope I'm so retiring. For, for his sake, last thing I want is for him to go on his, like, what do they call it when so, when a veteran signs to some other team and then sucks, basically, for, like, the one year and then oh, retires. Yeah. Yeah, is there, isn't there, like, like, a word for it? I don't know, when you're, like, chasing a ring or something. Yeah, or, like... He's going to go to, like, Jacksonville, up. go to Florida, and be like, yeah, I'm ba-. like Jay Cutler to Miami, basically, although Jay Cutler was never a great quarterback. <laughs> but still, you know you know what I'm saying. Like, oh, I guess I could play one more year in a nice climate and nice state before <laughs> I, I retire. Yeah, that is my biggest problem with pro sports teams, where teams are like, I have played for one team the whole time, and now I'm going to go for one more year. And I feel like you just ruined your career. Like, yeah, Michael Jordan to the yeah. Wizards, like... Yeah, Michael oh Jordan's still a <laughs> great player, but, like, you can't just leave the Bulls. Like, I don't yeah, care. Like, yeah, you, you just – When you spend so long with a team, I think you're better off just retiring with them. Yeah. yeah I think like, it just – it makes you feel better as a fan of that team or, like, that bes- yeah, specific like at least player. Peyton Manning yeah. at least got his – what was it, three years in Denver? Yeah. He got his three years in Denver, but I feel and like – he got a Super Bowl. He got a Super Bowl. I don't think Eli's winning you a Super Bowl anymore, and – I don't. I, if you want to go to a different team, to retire. go be a coach or yeah, quarterback yeah. coach or something like that, where it's, it's like time, you win your ring as a coach. Yeah, it's time for Eli to. Ret- he's got his two rings. Yeah, he's let, got two let rings. The, let, let him. Ret- him. He should just retire. How old is he? Thirty-seven. I think so. Yeah, I think he's, he's old. He's, he's thirty-seven. He's thirty-seven, and honestly, he's when he's out on the field, he looks older than like Tom Brady's grandpa. <laughs> he definitely looks. He looks. He looks like the He's oldest scared. quarterback in the. the yeah, NFL. he he looks eerily similar to his to Peyton Manning his last year. When I thought Peyton Manning's knees were going to explode anytime someone breathed on him, <laughs> yeah. Peyton Manning waddled on the field his last year. Eli pisses his pants once there's pass <laughs> rush. So, which with the Giants, it's pretty yeah. much every play. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I they just, don't have a great O line. Come on, Eli. I think it's time, dude. It would be time. Although, so now with now with Denver taken out of the pool of places for Nick Foles to go, where do you think Nick Foles ends Jacksonville. up? Jacksonville. Jacksonville. That's the only team I can see left that would even make a play. Yeah. My argument would be teams looking for him to be a pretty much what he is in Philadelphia, like a safety net to an injury. Like, I think he's going to yeah. start wherever he goes. Right, if he goes to Jacksonville, there's I let, I I still like Blake Bortles. I have no reason for it anymore, but I, I committed my I committed myself to supporting him when he was drafted. So I'm sticking I'm sticking to that. But I couldn't even argue for a case for hit for no. If, to if, start if over Foles, Foles goes to Jacksonville, I'd say he's got to start. I, I think Foles I think is going to get is similar to how people viewed Case Keenum when he's when he was a free agent. Except Foles mm-hmm. actually has value because we've seen consistent production from Foles. So I think he's actually someone who you could see tying money into and actually making your team better. Keenum I was weary about because he had one he was lightning in a bottle for thirteen games and then he went and was like, Oh, I'm gonna be a starter now for the rest of my career. Sorry, Keenum, you are what we thought you were. A six foot quarterback that doesn't have great tools. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Foles, while not as athletic as other guys and does have his limits, is at least, I think, smarter and better with the ball than Keenum is. And I yeah. feel like a team that's going to get him is a team that thinks they're a quarterback away from the Super Bowl, which is why you thought Denver, because yeah. Denver has been a quarterback away from a Super Bowl yeah, since Peyton Manning defense. retired. Yeah. Well, the one thing I will say, Nick Foles is very good under pressure. Like, yeah. Nick Foles will stand in the pocket and take a hit and deliver yeah. an amazing ball. Yeah, like, but he sometimes has an, that does sometimes do that. that does hurt him. That was a reason for a couple of his that, for some of his turnovers against the Bears. He yeah. forced passes because he was like, I got to get it out. I'm under pressure. And, but yeah. it sometimes works. And I mean, if you, I think he's more consistent than that. I mean, I he's yeah. he's far more safe with the ball than he is risking it. And so oh, yeah. I. Three, I, that's why I think that if a team's going to sign him, it's going to be Jacksonville because Jacksonville has the defense. Yeah. Leonard Fournette is a really good running back, and if his attitude is right, he's a really great running back. Yeah. And they have talent on both sides of the ball. They just have had Blake Bortles running it. Yeah. And Jack- then Cody Kessler for, like, two games. <laughs> yeah, Jacksonville makes the most sense. Like, that would be the best place for Foles to succeed. Yeah. I just feel like... I feel like the Eagles are probably going to franchise him, Which and I then care. I feel like he's going to get just screwed into being on a terrible team. Yeah, I don't. I think the Eagles would be stupid to franchise him. I know we talked about it last week. I just yeah. don't. You're going to hand. I mean, the franchise tag is like twenty eight point five million. I'll say. Yeah. I know it's over twenty eight and less than twenty nine. So yeah, it's it's almost thirty million dollars, and you're tying that into he's going to be your backup. They're committed to Carson Wentz. Yeah, you're not going to play him over. He's going to get paid more. He's going to be your highest paid player on the team, and he's going to be on the bench and holding clipboards? Yeah, no. No, Microsoft Surface. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Or are you yeah. sure it's not iPads? Remember when that happened when they first came out, everyone said they were iPads? So that's why they <laughs> that's have true. the huge Microsoft thing now because yeah. iPads are getting – Apple is getting free marketing because everyone <laughs> in the – all the announcers are like, yeah, and they're on the iPad. And I'm like, no, they're not. But my, I don't care. My favorite is when uh, Belichick gets mad and throws it and then goes back to pen and paper. Yeah. Do you want to hear my really bold prediction after you made your bold prediction yeah. of what happened to the Raiders? I say – Le'Veon Bell, Nick Foles, Antonio Brown all go to the same team. That team wins the Super Bowl Whoa. next year. Get out of here. What? what? Yeah. Antonio Brown is going to the 49ers. Bet. No, all three of them are going to the exact same team. All right, and if I that want... happens, they will win the Super Bowl. I'm challenging you to be more bold and tell me what team. I say they either go to the Raiders or the Miami Dolphins, and they win a Super Bowl. Okay, I can see the Dolphins, actually. <laughs> I can see the I Dolphins. I can see the Dolphins. I, I can see that. But, no, there's no way you afford all of those guys. I'm saying you look at the simple fact is you go to Le'Veon Bell and say, listen, you have no loyalty to a team. I mean, he does. The Steelers just kind of screwed him over, and they're screwing over Antonio Brown the same way. Yeah. But if you could lowball an offer in there where he's like, you know, here's your guaranteed money. Like, it's yeah. still a lowball offer, but guaranteed money. Uh-huh. Somehow squeeze him in there and then give Nick Foles that starting spot, which I think that's what he wants. Yeah, more than money. He's earned a starting. And then you spot give sure. Antonio Brown yeah. the money he deserves because well, he's on well, Antonio and, Brown's under contract. That would be a trade. Yeah, Antonio Brown's going to get the that, money. He's that'll be get the anyway. that would be the okay, hardest yeah, one so to that, swing. So I would they, say, than but that's anything. what all they're asking for is a first round pick. And I feel like if you can get Nick Foles, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown, why would you not give up first round pick? Yeah, no one's coming out of the draft that that's would. good. Yeah, that's so that's a, that's might be my bold prediction. That is a very Miami bold Dolphins prediction. win the what is it twenty twenty Super Bowl? <laughs> Get out of here. okay. That means they would have to beat the Patriots, which they don't do unless it's in Miami. Yeah, and then Jay Cutler plays like the Ooh. greatest. Ooh, what what if, what if uh, 
Miami wins the division and ends up hosting uh, New England at home in Miami. I'll bet my life savings <laughs> on the Dolphins. Not actually, but I'll, I'll bet on the Dolphins. Screw it. I'm already betting be on the great. Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're all you're in all on in. them right now. <laughs> you're all in. All right, you gave a bold prediction. Cole? What's your bold prediction for the NFL off? Since we're here, oh, this, since the conversation is brought us here, going. this is oh, where it's man. going now. I don't know. I mean, my the one prediction that I really want to happen is Antonio Brown of the 49ers. That's not really that bold, though. Yeah, um, because that's got like the most that's got the most smoke behind it. I've been, I've been on it since day one. I've been all about it. Um, I don't know. I think, I think, my my bold prediction. I I don't oh. <laughs> yeah we caught you off it guard caught with me this. off guard with this one I don't really because like I was gonna say like oh I'd pick Le'Veon Bell going team that you wouldn't expect but then now I'm thinking about it, I'm like I don't I don't know any teams that aren't super out there that I would think he would go I feel to like every team is in play for him you know what I mean so the Bears have three running backs yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you know, we're gonna um, wishbone offense with three running backs back there. T formation let's bring it back baby huh, I think. Can I can I go with uh? How would I go with a uh? Not really a player moving somewhere, but I'm gonna go with uh. The Buffalo Bills make the playoffs next year. Now I'll, I'll count that as bold. That that's my bold prediction. Because we make both the playoffs. think Jake Allen is gonna have a good sophomore season. Is that a part of it? Josh Allen. Josh yeah. Allen. Ja- did I say Jake <laughs> Allen? You said Jake Allen. I was like, I'm like, I've been <laughs> out of the game for a while. That's, that's <laughs> a goalie for the Blues. Whoops. <laughs> My yeah, bad, no, Josh yeah. Allen. I think Josh Whoa. Allen, and I Why like that. I, Jake that I like me. their coach, and I like their defense. So I am a Sean that, McDermott fan. That would I really be my am. bold prediction. Is I'll count that bold enough. Not as bold. The Nick definitely had the most bold yeah, prediction by far. I'll say I'm number two. If you're betting people that are listening, <laughs> put put your money down now. That'll be Dolphins a 2020. Huge <laughs> Antonio Brown, fifteen percent to me, and uh, Nick Foles. Yeah, and then just give a little bit of a gratuity to Nick for yeah. making you all that money. But another another quarterback to talk about, this one coming into the draft, Kyler Murray officially chose the NFL over the MLB. I personally think he might have made a mistake. I think he's got more money to, to make in the MLB, and I think he's going to have a longer career. And I think teams are going to be – cautious about his size because he's listed at 510 but that's a college website's 510 yeah which could be and there's there's been some ru- there's been some rumors that he might be as as short as 58 yeah i mean we all know that college teams are going to be a little generous with their measurements every team is in high yeah. school i was 6 7 190 pounds <laughs> that's true you guys know that i am nowhere close to that no. now so i definitely wasn't that in high school yeah yeah yeah, every that's. I mean, I see some of the going back to high school. Some of the guys that were on our football team and they're on like their highlight. I think it was called Huddle or whatever the yeah. website was. And I got like people listing themselves like four inches taller than they are. I'm like, how, how are you gonna <laughs> fool someone? With I'm like, you're shorter than me, and you're saying you're six one. What? No, <laughs> no, you're yeah. not fooling anybody. Yeah, no, I think, I think it might be okay for him for the fact like if it doesn't work out, I think he still could probably go back to baseball. I don't yeah. think that'd be a huge problem for But him. I think that's going to hurt but his value. Like, teams are going to be like, oh, you weren't loyal before when you had all that money tied into you. We can't tie that into you now. You've been out of the game for too long. Yeah. I mean, I think I think it all depends on where he gets drafted. I think this is – he's taking a huge gamble because if he gets drafted high in the first round, I think it's fine because he makes the same amount of money basically. Yeah. But it's, if he drops to, like, the second, 
Which that and the thing is his height. I think I think a shorter quarterback can succeed in the NFL. The only thing is I do think if you have a shorter quarterback, you have to scheme them a little differently. Yeah. Like you have to adjust your offense, you have to adjust your blocking schemes, you have to adjust some of the things you do to fit that quarterback. And that can be done, but just you have to get a team that is all in on making it work for you at your size and at your ability. So I think that's part of the problem is like he needs to go to a team that's going to be all in on him yeah. and is going to adjust their team to fit him. And that's where I think it's a gamble. Yeah, I don't know what teams are out there that are going to make that investment, honestly. Yeah. I feel like the quarterback needy teams are getting lower, like smaller and smaller, less and less of them. Yeah, there's less because there's more and more teams like that have guys that they're still like that are borderline, you yeah. know. Like, I mean, think of all the teams that have always been known for their quarterback issues. The well, Bills, the, the Jets, the Bears, Cleveland, Cleveland, Houston. Mm-hmm. What? Who else is out there? Jacksonville. Jacksonville still needs. Jacksonville though. is still in need of one. Denver. Yeah, forty nine. I mean, base. Hey, hey, we got Garoppolo. I mean, most of those, all of those teams, pretty much are all tied up to a new young quarterback. Yeah, basically, the only the only teams I see that are really somewhat in a market for a quarterback is basically you got Cincinnati, you got the Washington Redskins, you got Miami, you got Jacksonville, and then after that, it's kind of like there's some teams that could need a backup to a veteran or somebody that's going to take over. Like, the Giants are going to need a replacement for Eli. But if I were the Giants, I might just bank on the fact that Eli's going to win me two games next year and I'm going to get a pick from or or Herbert or somebody in the draft. But, yeah, there's only four or five teams in the NFL who are even quarterback needy who I think would, like, take a quarterback in the draft. So it's... Yeah, it's just it. It seems like it's and after those four teams, wow, I stuttered hard there. After those four teams, there's like none left. Yeah, because they all have some sort of young guy. Once that you commit yourself on. to a young guy, I mean, he'd have you'd have to know something about him if you're gonna go and draft another one after that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like that's I feel like the quarterback position is no longer the hot commodity of the NFL draft. It's now edge rushers. Yeah. The edge rusher position, I think, is what is the most prized talent coming out of college now, currently. Mm-hmm. I think with the football and like NFL or uh, MLB, you get to the thing where it's like, I think you'd rather be a football player if you're going to get that guaranteed money. Yeah. Because if you get drafted to the MLB and you get hurt in that first year, you're kind of screwed. You're getting a very low salary, and then teams yeah, are going to be very wary to bring you to the MLB. Where in NFL, you're pretty much on that team and mm-hmm. if you get hurt they're still like are we going to keep you because you put so much money in it but yeah. with the MLB you can play seven positions usually if you're I don't know what I think he's outfielder yeah I think yeah, outfielder he's in the outfield. shortstop he, or something like that I think he plays some infield yeah I think he plays like first and second so that point like he's if, a, if you're, if you're a team first? he's short Pablo Sanchez plays first in backyard baseball so you know that's, that's the same thing <laughs> yeah. um, you said Pablo Sanchez for a second I'm like who <laughs> backyard baseball backyard baseball no but just like goat. Kyler Murray gets you know if he wants to be a second baseman or whatever and then you get drafted to yeah. the Astros or something you get traded to the Astros they have a second baseman just move him to short yeah. outfield he gets drafted and he's not a good quarterback because he's too short What you can't change him into a running back he's yeah. not I mean, going to be good maybe or, with his athleticism make him a slot receiver yeah but, but then at that point you wasted like your, yeah, yeah, might, you tie, might you waste tied up more into him than you would have yeah 
But, yeah, I don't know. I I think big gamble. I just feel like he's got a little bit more of a safer path in the MLB. But Yeah, I mean, I think it. I think if he gets taken early in the first round, like if he gets taken in the first 20 picks, I think it's worth it to him. To at least because at least he gives baseball or he gives a uh, football a shot, and if say football doesn't work out, he can probably go back and get a team to sign him to a minor league deal. and yeah. he can try baseball. And if he's got, if he had what it takes now, I'm sure he can apply himself and get it back. You know. Yeah. At least enough to bring value yeah. and worth. The if Michael Jordan was allowed to play baseball, if Tim Tebow was allowed to play baseball. Same thing. It's yeah. yeah. At a certain point, whereas if he just gets a couple starts in the NFL, you bring that same Tim Tebow factor where teams will sign him just because they'll draw fans to a single-A game, That's which true. no one else is coming to yeah. except That's for true, the fact yeah. that Tim Tebow's there. Hey, I go to mm-hmm. Thunderbolts games. They're below single-A. <laughs> so... That's that's how big of a baseball fan I am. Well, I don't Kyler know Murray could definitely play for the Thunderbolts. <laughs> He'd be the best player on the Thunderbolts. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the local Cook County team here in Illinois, guys. For because I know some people don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I think that's a good spot to wrap that up. Honestly, with all that talk, we got to move on to our new segment that we've been doing second week yes. in a row here. So it's quick hits. This we're alternating weeks. Last week I had my Cole gave me his quick hits. It's just I'm gonna rattle off like three questions for Cole. He has no idea what they are. Uh-huh. So it might take him, a, there might be a little like <laughs> silence or pause because he's going to have to think, but he has, he's not prepared for him. He doesn't know what I'm going to ask. It's just three quick questions, kind of get his gut reaction or his initial thoughts. Nick also, as our special guest has one for the, we're giving him one quick hit for the two of us. So we have no idea what those will be, but I'll start with my first one. This goes back to the NFL. Cole, First overall pick in this year's draft, who is it? Ooh, that's a that's a good one. I think it's uh um I think it's uh gonna be uh what's his name? Uh blank out of Ohio State. Nick Bosa. The, Nick Bosa. I agree. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Nick, Nick, Nick Bosa, Bosa Nick Bosa's my because I want I want um the edge rusher out of Kentucky to fall to number two so that the Giant or the not the Giants, the, uh, <laughs> the Other San, San Francisco, Francisco 49ers, 49ers can take him. 49ers can take him. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I agree with Nick Bosa. Nick, what do you think since I, you're here? I really usually only follow, like, quarterbacks and, okay, like, high five foot Fair enough. So, yes, I will go with the defensive end who's going to. Nick Bosa. Yeah. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I knew that was going to get you more than it got Cole, <laughs> and it stumped him a little bit. All right, this Nick, you could probably answer this one, too. This is more of your realm. But, so, NBA – I want, Cole, who do you think at this point is going to win MVP of the NBA? Uh, <laughs> recently, in the past couple of weeks, there's been a lot of hype around Paul George. Okay. I can see Paul George making a run at it. Granted, Harden's, what, 30 games over 30 now yeah. in a row? Harden, let's go. Uh, he He's probably going to win it. James Harden, yeah, I could see James Harden winning it. I do like the shout-out to Paul George, though. There's there's been a lot of I mean my being a Blazers fan my boy Damian Lillard called him out and said that he should win MVP if he mm-hmm. keeps playing like this the rest of the yeah, year he's been playing well. and I have heard a lot of hype around him so that's I think why they'd I be say... looking to find someone other than a repeat because they've had back they've had yeah didn't Steph win it two years in a row I think uh, Steph only has one yeah Steph only has one but he's been up there it. They, they they tend to try to spread it around though. Yeah, I don't because because there's definitely been years where it's like guys should have won, but like they choose yeah. not to give them the repeat. 
Yeah, I feel like they're going to try not to repeat if they can. Yeah, what about, what about you, Nick? The Greek freak, Giannis Atatokounmpo, is uh, going to win MVP if, just big if, if they have the best record in the NBA, which right now they are sitting at the best record through the first okay, half. Okay, I can see that. So if you take a team with, you know, yeah. you're looking at guys like Steph Curry or Harden who have those supporting yeah. players where Giannis is not playing by himself, but it's it's Giannis's team, and if he leads them yeah. for the best record, it's very hard to... Say you took a team from like the seventh or eighth best record to yeah. first. I would love to see Giannis I, yeah, win it. That would I make could, me so happy. I def I like the thought process there too because I'm not going to speak to the NBA very well because I don't follow it as much. But I'm going to kind of relate it to Patrick Kane in the NHL. He's going on this crazy tear and he's leading the Blackhawks out of the basement. And my prediction was if he makes if they make the playoffs, he played himself into MVP because of his performance. Yeah. So I, I like that one there because then you're talking about who was actually most valuable to their team, which mm-hmm. is what the award is. And I get it's a numbers game, but I, I, I do like that point. If he can lead the if he can lead them to the best record in the NBA, I think it makes sense to give it to him. Yeah. And then third one, this is a little fun one, Cole. We're gonna oh boy give respect to our name. It has beards in it, right? <laughs> We're Rose yeah. Beard Sports. So. In all of sports, it could be any of the major ones here in the U.S., any any oh, sport boy. that you know, who has the best beard? Mm. I know I know Harding gets a lot of hype for he his beard. He does get a lot of hype. Granted, I will say I really like uh, Lionel Messi's beard. Okay. It's especially late it, – because it's, it's not super, like, long and crazy mm-hmm. and, like, wild. It's nice and it's trimmed, but it's a nice full beard. I, I really dig it. Okay, so you're going with Messi? I'm going with Messi. Nick, do you have one? I'm, I'm torn. Is this question, can we go through past beard slash facial hair? I'll let, I'll let yeah. you do it if because you want. Because if, if we're going strictly with beards, I would go Brian Wilson, playoff beard for Ooh. the Giants. Because, I mean, that thing oh, was that's massive. that's a good one. That was big. <laughs> but if we're going most iconic sports player with facial hair, Raleigh Fingers... The Roll, curl, the curl yeah, mustache, curl. like, yeah, like you see that face and like that, and you just know that's Raleigh Fingers from the Oakland A's. Yeah, like, you yeah. can take I, off all everything and be like, what sport did this guy play? Just the mustache <laughs> yeah. on a screen. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, Raleigh yeah. Fingers, like you just know. So yeah. that's I, okay, I like that. That's a good one. Mine. Do you guys know Brent Burns on the San Jose? Yeah, Sharks? I would have said current mm. if it's like it Brent has to be Burns current, I would go comes down to honestly, I'd say his nipples at this point. <laughs> He's got that's a beard. I mean, yeah, he's got that Z. What I like about him is he's missing teeth. So he's like, if I don't have a beard, people (laughs) stare at my teeth. Now look at his beard. He's he's got a huge beard. He's missing like all of his front teeth. He's got to be missing like all of them. Yeah, he's got he's got a super awesome sleep full sleeve tattoo that you wouldn't know except when you see him like in practice. Yeah, Cole, I know you like tattoos. You'd appreciate it. It's it's dope. He's got it. He's got some pretty cool tattoos. I, I might have to look at that. Yeah, look him up. He's really cool. He wears mm-hmm. the man bun. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I was very uh, close to having a man. Yeah, I know. Bun. I know. Like, yeah. you came, we, both were, we were both coming. We were we were flirting with the idea, <laughs> and then we got haircuts. Yes, but, I still think you both should have done it. You know, I couldn't figure out how to tie it myself. I needed help. <gasps> my hand Damn. cramped up. All right, I wasn't used to. <laughs> Jeez, it. it did. I'm not making it up. It's weird movements up there. Are you kidding me? My wrist doesn't twist that way. Oh boy, I had short enough hair for. 20 years of my life, I have long hair for a year. I, you, I just don't know how to do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's normal. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't figure it out. I felt, yeah, I felt like a chump. But at the same time, 
my hand, I tried it a couple times. My hand literally cramped up on me, and it, like, hurt, and I had to stop. I'm like, Jeez. I'm like, how wimpy am I right now? I'm like, my hand's cramping up from a freaking hair tie. We need more oh, man. hand exercises for both. Yeah, honestly. You need to stop with these to get those hamstring What are those things where people just squeeze them? Not a stress like a, ball, but, you know, it's like the wired thing with oh, the two handles, and you just squeeze it? Yeah. I think it's just like a... Squeezer? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know like what a, the name Hand workout thing. Hand, hand, sure. hand workout tool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hand workout tool. Spon- our podcast is sponsored by those now. But <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish. I'd take any sponsorship, anyone who's listening and wants to sponsor us. We will gladly accept. But, yeah, those are my quick hits while we got off topic. <laughs> we, got, right. we got way off topic there. <laughs> well, All right, Nick, you have one for you have one for each of us. So. All right, I'm going to start with Cole because I'll keep Cole in the hot seat. Okay. okay yeah. this is... He's sweating over there. I can see it. <laughs> no, not really related to sports, but in the past – like three to five years or so, the NCAA has really started to crack down on, like the destroying guy from University of South Florida on the YouTube channel, oh, and then yeah. guys from Texas A&M uh, cross country runners uh, like Ryan Trahan and those guys because they're using themselves, they're marketing themselves. Do you think that the NCAA should change these rules now that it's more of a social media age? Like we're doing this podcast and stuff yeah. like this, like. Athletes in college are becoming more to where they can market themselves. Should they change the rule that allows you to market yourself, or should it stay the same? Oh, I think I think they definitely need to change it because, I mean, I get the point of, like, you know, not, you know, signing autographs or whatever and, like, you know, not going out there and, like, you know, through traditional, like, getting normal sponsors, like, not getting a car dealership to sponsor you and therefore giving you free cars. Like, I kind of get – I get the thought process behind it. But, yeah, definitely when it comes to social media and, like, I feel bad for the guys on YouTube because that's – that's I love watching videos like that, especially when it's college athletes, like, giving me little insights. Mm-hmm. You know, I love seeing what they do and stuff. And so I think it's really fun. And I think a lot of people, uh, especially any anybody who was, like, an athlete at any point in their life, you know, middle school, high school, college, like – they all, everybody who's into sports loves going and seeing like, oh, here's the behind the scenes of what these guys go through on the regular basis. Yeah. And like, there's a lot of guys who like, you know, want to know what it's like to be a D1 athlete. And so I think the fact that these guys are being creative and having fun, like making videos on YouTube or making a podcast and, you know, doing other things on social media, I definitely think, I don't see a reason why they should not be allowed to profit off that, especially because, like, I think any athlete can do that in any school. I mean, I don't think it's just, like, obviously if you're at a bigger school, you're going to get uh, potentially more money because you're going to – More documented. You're, yeah, you know. you're, you're more known and stuff, and there's more of a student fan base that might follow you. But still, anybody can do it, and that's, like, the power of social media is anybody can do it. Yeah. So I think that rule should definitely be changed and the NCAA should update it. I don't think they will, though, because they're the NCAA and they're <laughs> no, come on, they're stuck real. in the eighties. Yeah, like so they, they just want to make the most money for them at the yeah. college, and it's just yeah, like, yeah, they don't care about the actual. I have some athlete. gripes with the NCAA. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> don't sponsor us, NCAA. Yeah, you don't want it. No. Okay, don't listen to that. I'll take it if you're <laughs> offering. But you got to really change your policies. But we'll still take it. Anyway. <laughs> okay. it, just, it just has to be enough money. Yeah, that's all we ask. <laughs> Make it worth our while. <laughs> At this point, any money is worth our while. <laughs> all right, my quick hit for you, Mills, was going to be about Kyler Murray, but I feel like we covered that. Yeah, we enough. we covered that extensively. So am I off the hook? So No, I have another one for you, which is another one I talked about earlier with you. 
What team will Carmelo Anthony actually step Ooh. on the floor oh. with? <laughs> actually step on the floor yes, with? Yes, I am not saying that he just signs with the team and then gets waived three days later All because right. for some whatever reason. Where does he actually suit up and set foot on a court while well, the game's playing played? All right. I'm going to throw that in there. because. Okay, okay. For, this, for the comedic value of this, I feel like it's impossible to not say the Knicks. <laughs> the Knicks. Yeah, the, come, they tie, they committed to him when they shouldn't have. Come on, it's it's Carmelo in the Knicks. I, it would be so <laughs> fitting if he came, if he suits up for the Knicks again when he should have. That would that'd that'd be, be hilarious. Funny. I I don't know. I don't think he's gonna play anywhere this year. But yeah, I was gonna say honestly. I my no. thing was. I don't think he plays. I think he's done. Yeah, I don't I think, think he's, he's done. Come on, the Bulls waved him. That's what I heard. But the biggest thing I've heard lately is he is going to go to the Lakers this year, and oh, not just another guy to the Lakers. Yeah, I don't, that that was rumored even in the offseason. No, they, they it's been getting know. stronger now Carm- because they've not like Magic Johnson getting the scrutiny, but they're saying that every time the big free agent comes or like a trade like Anthony Davis or Paul mm-hmm. George, they haven't got him. Mm-hmm. So for some reason, somewhere in the Laker front office they're thinking well if we can get a name like carmelo anthony that'll like ease the fans over until the summer i'm thinking it's a stupid move because yeah, i don't think he can play basketball definitely. anymore yeah Co- correct me if i'm wrong he still thinks he should be he thinks he should still be a starter is like the number one starter he still thinks an offense should run through him or whatever like he should be the guy which i'm gonna be honest court. if carmelo would just accept a sixth man role yeah. and come off the bench and you know give you 15 points I would definitely take Carmelo. The only yeah. problem is Carmelo has made it very clear that he does not want to do that. Which is why I think he's going to go to the, he's going to sign and play with the Knicks because I they see. were stupid enough to keep him there. <laughs> they they also traded Porzingis, so yeah. they need somebody it's the to Knicks sell and Carmelo tickets. Anthony. They're like synonymous with each other. <laughs> it'd be it would be hilarious if he steps on the court with the Knicks. I huh. Yeah, I'm going to say that just cuz it the makes Knicks. me chuck, okay. it makes me chuckle a little bit. But yeah. I honestly don't see it. It, my honest answer, I don't see him playing anywhere because he wants to be a uh, starter, and he's no team is going to give him a starter position unless they're like the Phoenix Suns. But even then, the Phoenix Suns aren't even doing it. So yeah, unless they're really bad and are just kind of like, oh, let's see if Carmelo can draw people. So they're like, oh, we want to see Carmelo play, but I don't think he's going to play anywhere this year, except the Knicks. Except the Knicks, okay. But yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, we'll turn it to you, Cole. You gotta. Yeah, I got. I we got, always end with running news. Yeah. Because we're runners, so that's what we, we do. That's what we have to do. So uh, yeah, this weekend there was a there's a big race, the Milrose Games, and <coughs> a Ethiopian runner uh, named Kajelka, age 21, managed to run 0.01 seconds. Away from breaking the indoor world record of the mile. Was it indoor? Yeah, it was indoor. It was the indoor record. Is the indoor world okay. record? Cause yeah, because the article ran... I read was really weirdly worded, and I was like, "So is this? Yeah, this like it... the all-time outdoor record that he won? No, it, it's the indoor it's record. The, okay, but yeah, he ran a three forty-nine point four four, insanely fast. I wish, or sorry, three forty-eight point four six was what he ran, and the all-time record is 348.45. So he's .01 away. The dude, so close. And uh, I think, I think Nick, you were pointing out something you saw at the end of the race. I, I think this is the video I saw. He finished, like, standing straight up. No and first lean. of all, 
you're not leaning that you're a professional runner. You should lean, I think, yeah. all the time. But how are you not like just falling down at that point in the race where you're forced to do a lean? Like yeah. there's no way yeah. I'm coming through and being like, yeah, I can keep going. I feel no. like that lean is gonna make that point oh one second difference. It honestly. really could have. It could have. Well, that's what I thought it was point oh six at first when I first saw it, and yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't know if a lean could get you a point oh seven, but I'm like. Like .02, like a lean could probably get you that. Yeah, a little bit could. of that. As so minor close. of a detail as that might sound, the lean is a huge factor. Yeah. I, I think it's a .01 second difference, honestly. And, I mean, oh, here, we, here we are calling him out for that. The dude ran a 348 mile still. I, I wish I could that run was a 348 insane. mile. That was in, watching insane. that video was insane. Yeah, and the dude, is just, he just looks calm. And he like looked comfortable. Th- they're dropping like 53s, and I'm I'm just thinking, I'm like, you know, me and, you know, high school teammates, college teammates, there's a lot of us who would struggle to run a 53 oh, yeah. for one 400, yet this dude's just stringing them along. Why are you going to be the one that says, oh, yeah, you just ran a 53? Yeah. You guys you have a I understand what you're saying. You yeah, guys yeah, Like, you can't yeah. run it. Like, you're so, the one. So I'm speaking to myself, oh, yeah, for me too, all right? I'm gassed after that 53. <laughs> I'm not true. sitting here like, oh, I'm walking it off. Like, oh, man, it was just a 53. No, it gasses me. I'm saying I struggle to hit it too. But. You guys haven't hit it yet, so don't throw that shade at me, Nick. <laughs> no. I'm close. I, I am close. <laughs> oh yeah, I, well I am not close. Isn't. I am I'm a ten K runner. I don't I don't I don't do I don't do four hundreds. I don't do eight hundreds. I don't You hardly no, do three Ks sometimes. I hardly do three Ks. <laughs> That's even too slow. I I'm ten K and up. But yeah, jeez, ten K and up. That that that's my preferred races. Come on, I don't, I don't, I don't mess around with short distance. The boy. (laughs) Yeah, I know you don't, but three K is very long distance for me. I have a question for you, Cole. As you bring that up, that you're a very long distance runner. What's more impressive, someone breaking the world record in a mile or in a one hundred, like Usain Bolt? Because both. 95%, 99% 95%, 99% of runners oh, can't great, do it. Yeah. But at what point is you're only running 100? I know it's it's stupid to say you're only running 100 meters, so you're running it. No one else can run that fast. But Yeah. Well, I think, I think to me, the thing that makes the mile more impressive, the amount of pain you're in running a mile. Because, yeah. I mean, I'm sure I've never, you know, run an all-out 100. Um, but, like, even still... That race is, you know, less than 10 seconds. So even if it is painful, and I'm sure it is painful, it's only painful for 10 seconds. Yeah. The amount of pain I know that you're in for a mile, and then the, also the fact it's, it's over three minutes. It's, yeah. you know, three minutes plus of just sheer pain and misery. The fact that you're fighting through it the whole time, I, I definitely got to go with the mile. And the mile... Like, that's one of those tweener events that's using two different energy systems in the body. So you have lactic acid buildup that happens, too, which adds to the muscle soreness and pain and stuff. I I mean, they're both great feats, and I have a ton of respect for them in different ways. But I would personally pick the mile just because it's the longer distance. You you definitely have to push through more discomfort, at the very least, we'll say discomfort, Mm -hmm. and... So with your There's, point saying it's a tweener event, like in between speed and endurance, yeah. would you argue that that is the most impressive running event to get a world record in? I argue yeah. the 800. I, it's between that or the 800 for me. Like at the pro yeah, level, those two, so are, those two are the, I would say the two hardest or like the two, those are the two tweeners because the 800, 
is pretty much discomfort from the start. But then again, the miles also the same way. But you can kind of settle settle in a little bit in the mile. Like mm-hmm. if you catch a groove, you could settle into that. So those those two events, I think, are the two most impressive to break records in. Yeah, because I know like I know Cole is going to be the like if you would ask Cole, it'd be like ten k or marathon. Like if you're running for like if they say they break two hours in the marathon, oh. like I mean I think that has nothing to do that's... with the lactic buildup for going for so. F- like going speed wise, like an eight hundred yeah. a mile that you get, but it's like you'll still have some lactic acid. You'll still have up, some, but, but it's like that's not one of those. It's way, races, it's so way different. Just, yeah, because yeah. the energy systems are different. Yeah, you're using two different ones in the eight hundred and in the mile specifically, yeah. the mile more so because it's a little bit more distance, so you need some slow twitch muscles. Yeah, I mean, I w- I would say that like the eight hundred mile world records are more impressive to me than like five k, ten k. But yeah, once you get to the marathon, like if you broke two in the marathon, that's or even huge. yeah, be, breaking even two just, is crazy. Or let's not even say being, breaking two, just breaking. Yeah, just was, breaking. Was it the, two, is it two o two now? I mean the it's like, close. Legitimate. I, whatever. I think breaking. I, I would still say breaking two o one. Something breaking the world record in the marathon, I still think is just crazy. Yeah. Incredible. So you're saying like eight hundred and mile, or like apples to apples comparing, but then you look at the marathon, it's just like way different. Yeah. Completely different. Way different. Yeah. Way too hard to compare. And another thing, going back to the 100 versus the mile, this was the first time in, like, what, 20 years someone flirted with that mile record? Yeah, it was since the – sometime in the 90s. I forget like, when it was. But, it was, yeah, sometime in the 90s when it was set. And it's the same for the, the outdoor, the all-time mile yeah. record. It's the same where it's in, it's in the 90s. Yeah, so, like, we've seen more people flirting with the 100-meter dash record. Yeah, you know definitely. I mean? There's been more more people in the hunt for it. Yeah, so I, that's that's another thing. I mean, twenty years versus every Olympic Games. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Which I think that comes down to how short it is. Yeah, I think yeah. It's, so, it's just they're two completely different races. There's no other way. I mean, they're hard to compare. I give it to the mile just because of one lactic acid buildup is inevitable. So that's really gonna wear you down, and you just got to be. In my opinion, nothing against – this isn't like me throwing shade at sprinters, but I think you need to be more mentally tough to race a mile. And I, I, I think – I really think, uh, like, a lot of people would agree with me on that because, mm-hmm. uh, like, a good 100-meter runner is, what, 9 point something, 10 to 10 seconds? Yeah. So, I mean, you can you can will yourself to that. It's hard to sit there and say, for 3 minutes and 48 seconds, I have to put myself through – tons of like discomfort and my muscles are going to tighten up and I'm going to feel them like just feel like bricks or old rubber bands yeah. at some point. Then I think there's also there's more room for mistakes in the mob because yeah. it's yeah, a longer race. Yeah. Like if you look at like uh, Kajelka's splits like you could tell like his second lap was definitely way faster. Oh yeah, he, that second he lap a, he is ran like, a 26. Because then he finished on 220 or like 229s and then a 28, right? Yeah. Yeah, so like you could definitely say t- like if he runs another 29 there and then picks it up at the end yeah. more. He might have gotten it, you yeah. know. Those are so two hundred like, meter splits, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So there's, I th- yeah, I think you can argue that of like. But there's also factors in sprints. I yeah. don't want to like discredit that. Like, I feel if like they get to a bad a world start, record, you yeah. got to be, you have to be pretty much perfect. Yeah, yeah. Because if you screw up at any time, you lose yeah, point like there's two still of a second, and you're like you off. still need the perfect start from the gun in the hundred. Like there's, yeah. there's factors that influence both of them. I just think the miles a little bit more difficult to do and i think the 20 year span before yeah, someone came close kind of proves speaks it, to yeah. that mm-hmm. yeah 
Although yeah. it is crazy that the kid could joke that he's only 21. So uh, yeah. makes me feel good as a 21. That dude's girl. gonna that dude's gonna break it Soon eventually. Should be 22. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, uh, I think that does it for the podcast this week. Yeah, that'll wrap it up for us. Yeah, be sure to uh, follow us at Beards Bros on Twitter. Follow and... us on Facebook, Bros Beards Sports. Yeah, simple. Give us a like. I'm sharing those. Hot sports memes, mostly NFL memes at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, we will be back next week with another episode. Yeah. I mean, tweet at us about anything you want us to talk about. Write at us on Facebook. Message us on Facebook. Really, you, there's something on your mind you want to hear us talk about. Feel free to reach out. We'll most likely talk about it. Mm-hmm. Want to give a special thanks to Nick for stepping on, stepping up to the mic. Yep. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, yeah. You'll definitely be back. Put that in the Twitter, you know, if you want to see me again. Yeah, I know, I know the fans want to see me again. Yeah, I know. Oh, they're, they're all, they they're all crying out here in the stands as yep. Nick waves goodbye. <laughs> yep. Yep, but thanks for listening, guys. Take it easy. See you next week.